Welcome to the Finding True Health podcast, episode number 39. Creating healthy habits can actually be pretty simple and a lot of fun if we do it right. But there are some common mistakes that I see people make, myself included at times, that make forming habits feel really frustrating and feel like it's even impossible sometimes. So I'm going to be going through five of those mistakes today, and I think that you'll find it really helpful if you are trying to add new habits to your life but feel like it's just not quite working out as you'd hoped. So let's get started. Are you ready to be done with diets, done trying to mold your body to fit unrealistic beauty standards? Do you want to create a healthy lifestyle simply to feel better and have more energy each day? Do you want to finally find food freedom? Hey, I'm Jenna, a registered dietitian nutritionist. Not long ago, I was an overwhelmed mom and struggled to make myself a priority. I hated my body and wondered how I could stop beating myself up every time I looked in the mirror. I also felt frustrated about my health and wished I could get myself to exercise consistently, eat more vegetables, eat less sugar, you know, actually do the things I knew could improve my mood and energy levels. But I kept telling myself I didn't have enough time or motivation or willpower or, well, you get the idea. But with some help from God, I was able to turn my health and life around. And I want to help you do the same. In this podcast, you'll find trustworthy nutrition information, critical mindset shifts, and actionable advice so you can feel better, fill your life with sustainable, healthy behaviors, and be confident in your own skin, no matter your size. So if you're ready to make peace with chocolate, but love your salad too, this is the podcast for you. Hello, friends. I am so happy you're here. I am happy to be talking about this topic today. I think it'll be really helpful. But before we dive in, I want to just share a quick experience I had while I was shopping at Costco recently. I like to share these kinds of things when I kind of see diet culture at play, just when I'm out and about, because I think so many people don't realize that that's what it is. And I like to point it out so people can start being more aware of what diet culture is, what it looks like, and how harmful it can be. So I was checking out at Costco, and I had the guy checking me out and then the gal that was helping put the stuff in my um, cart, and they turned around and there was a friend of theirs. I think she must have worked at Costco. She maybe used to or still did. And they complimented her because apparently she had um, lost a lot of weight. They were like, oh, you look so great, like you've lost weight, you look uh, you look amazing. And I could tell that this woman was quite uncomfortable with their comments. And looking at her just as a dietitian, and I try not to judge people based on their body size, whether that means they're in a large body or a small body. But this woman looked to me like she possibly had an eating disorder. She did not look healthy. And I could tell that their comments were making her uncomfortable. She was just kind of like, oh, thanks. And they just kind of went on for a while. And in my head, I'm just thinking, stop. Like, if this woman does have an eating disorder, you are just adding to the problem by praising her weight loss. I know I hear it from women who do have disordered eating that those kinds of comments do not help because they make it all the harder to get out of that eating disorder because they know there's a good chance that they'll gain the weight back if they stop. And so she went on her way and they continued talking and the gentleman that was ringing the stuff through 
mentioned, uh, started talking about his mom and how she could still fit in her wedding dress when she was 80-something, and she just stayed thin her whole life, and how um, admirable that was to him. And and I could just tell that thinness was very important to him, and it just made me sad. It made me sad that this pressure on women to be the same size they were when they, the day they got married through their whole life is still so rampant out there. And it made me sad for their friend who very possibly is in a very unhealthy place, is being praised because her body shrank. So that was just a small example of why these kinds of, quote, compliments and messages and things that we probably just don't even think much of, how harmful they really can be. And then to me, standing there, who have had my own struggles with body image, and for me hearing this conversation, if I wasn't in the place I'm at and haven't done, hadn't done the work I've done over the last five years to love and accept my body no matter its size, and if I was still in that place where I felt like I had to be the same size as the day I got, I got married and had that goal of fitting back into my wedding dress, like that could have really sent me down this negative spiral as well, listening in on this conversation. So just... Be aware that what you say to people and around people about body size, about weight, about weight loss, it matters. And it really has the potential to harm people if we're not careful. All right, I just had to get that off my chest and give you a little example of, again, this prevalent diet culture, this water that we're all swimming in, kind of what it looks like in real life. But let's go ahead and get into our topic today. Let's dive into these mistakes, these common mistakes I see people make when they're trying to create healthy habits. And these are the reasons that those habits are not sticking. Mistake number one is that the habit that they are trying to create wasn't clear or specific enough. So for example, I'll hear things like, I just want to work out more. I want to exercise more. And that's the goal, the habit that they want to create. But our brain doesn't really know what to do with a really generic statement like that. Like, what does that mean? I want to exercise more. So you can get more specific. That would look like, well, I want to work out three days a week. That's a little more specific. Okay, now we know at least how often we want to exercise. But go even further than that. I want to work out in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Then the brain's like, okay, all right, we can see exactly what that looks like. But you can get even more specific than that. You could say, I want to go walking at 7 o'clock in the morning on Monday and Wednesday and Friday. And you could even specify where you're going to go walking or who you're going to go walking with. Try and be as specific as possible because this gives our brain something to shoot for. It gives that goal, that kind of broad, generic goal the framework that it needs to actually happen. So let's take another example. Let's say you want to get outside more. You want to get more vitamin D from the sun. You know that nature is healing and relaxing and great for our bodies. And so you just want to get outside. So rather than I want to get outside more, you could say I want to spend some time outside every day. Get more specific than that. I want to spend 15 minutes outside every afternoon. Let's get even more specific. I want to spend 15 minutes outside during my lunch break. Maybe that means you're going to eat lunch outside or you'll just go for a quick walk or you're just going to set a timer for 15 minutes and sit and relax in the sun. 
And your goal could include all of those things, but getting specific when you're going to do it, for how long you're going to do it, on what days, then again, that helps your habit really take form and makes it so much easier to actually implement that into your life because you know exactly what it looks like. So be really, really careful with this. Don't set these broad habit goals. Don't say, I'm going to eat more fruits and vegetables. I'm going to drink more water. Those don't mean anything until you get really specific around what does that actually look like in your life? How are you going to actually make that happen? And then those are the habits that you're going to work on, those specific detailed behaviors. So do you get the idea? You need to make your the habit as specific as possible without going crazy, you know, for the exercise one, you don't need to like get as specific as what clothes you're going to wear, what songs you're going to listen to while you exercise. Just as long as you know the time, the day, just the general specifics of that habit. So, so helpful. All right. The second mistake I see when people are trying to form a habit is that they don't have a clear prompt. In order for a planned behavior to actually happen, it needs a prompt. Sometimes this is called a trigger. Something that happens that leads to the behavior, the habit that you are trying to implement. Now, there are different types of prompts, um, context prompts, people prompts, but I'm not going to get into those specific things here today. I'm probably going to do a podcast episode all on prompts at some point. But just for an example is a prompt would be you set an alarm for the time that you're planning on doing that habit, or maybe you put something out on the counter that reminds you to do your habit, or you tie your habit into an existing habit. So after you load the dishwasher, then you go for a walk. There needs to be something that happens though before the habit that initiates that habit loop. I talked about the habit loop clear back in episode 10, if you want to go back and listen to that, all about habit formation. But we need something, a very clear, again, a very specific, clear prompt to prompt that habit. All right, the third mistake I see is that the habit you're trying to create wasn't sustainable or enjoyable or rewarding enough. Maybe the habit you planned was, I'm going to work out for two hours every day, or I'm going to make a three-course meal for dinner six nights a week. (laughs) Are these sustainable and realistic behaviors that you really think are going to fit into your lifestyle? Or are these kind of just like pipe dreams that are going to be really difficult to maintain? Is this habit sustainable? Is it enjoyable? If you really want to plan a habit that maybe is a little bit more challenging, then that's fine if you think it's realistic and you think that you really can fit it into your lifestyle and it's something that you want to do, but you have to make sure it's also equally as rewarding as it is challenging. If you're planning a really challenging habit for whatever reason that doesn't have some sort of reward, then that's going to be really hard for your brain to want to continue doing. And again, if this is just a habit that that just simply isn't going to work in your lifestyle, it's not something you want to do for a long time, like long enough to make it become a habit, then it's it's never going to work. That's why I generally recommend people start small. You can always build on or grow your habits down the road. But if you start with a super small, very attainable habit to begin with, then it's so much easier to maintain that habit 
and be consistent even when life throws its curveball curveballs at you and you maybe want to give up. If it's a small, really sustainable, realistic, preferably enjoyable habit, it's going to be a lot easier to push through those times. And that leads me to the fourth mistake that I see people make is that they give up too soon. Habits take time. They take time to form, time to solidify. Back in episode number 34, I talked about how how our brain changes. It takes time to form and deepen new neuropathways. I use the analogy of a hiking trail a lot. If you're hiking through grass, uh, if there's already a trail that's been worn down, it's going to be so much easier to go down that path. But if you want to create a new habit or form a new trail, you're going to have to start bushwhacking your way through the tall grass. And it's going to be hard, but the more repetitions you make, then the more matted down that grass gets and the easier it is to go down that path. But you've got to go down that path over and over and over in order for that to happen. It's not going to happen after one or two times walking down it. And it's the same way with our brain. We are When we're forming new neural pathways, it's going to be hard at first because it's new and it's going to just take repetition. We've got to keep going down those neural pathway paths until they deepen and it becomes much easier. And that's when it turns into a habit where we don't even have to hardly think of it eventually. But initially, it takes a little more effort. And again, that's just a time. It's a not just a time, but a repetition thing. So when we give up before we've allowed ourselves to have the number of repetitions that we need to really form that habit, then that neural pathway hasn't become deep enough and the habit is not going to stick. All right, and the fifth and final mistake I see people make is that they fail to celebrate or to reward your brain. Like I mentioned with ha- with mistake number three, some habits are going to be naturally more rewarding. Like maybe you get a dopamine hit or there's some sort of natural reward that comes with it. But for other habits, we don't have that natural reward and we have to create it ourselves. This doesn't need to be a big reward. It can be something as simple as doing a fist pump or telling yourself good job, just smiling, just something that closes that habit loop. So as a reminder, the habit loop is you have the prompt, then you do your action or your habit, and then you have some sort of reward or celebration. And you can go back and listen to episode number 26 on getting habits to actually stick. I talk a lot more about celebration there. This closes the loop. It tells your brain, okay, this is a behavior that we want to do again in the future. So that the next time that prompt comes around, then you want to follow through with the habit and you get that reward again. And it's super easy to forget this reward reward part. And like I mentioned, sometimes there's a natural reward that comes along with it and that can be enough. But if not, we need to be a lot more deliberate about the reward that we're offering our brain to help solidify our habits. All right, and that's it. Those are the five common mistakes that I see people make when they're trying to form a habit. I'll go over them again real quick. Their habit wasn't clear or specific enough. They didn't have a clear prompt. The habit was not sustainable or enjoyable or rewarding enough. They gave up too soon or they failed to celebrate or reward their brain after completing the habit. So the next time you are trying to create a new habit in your life, then Remember these five common mistakes and make sure that you are not doing them. It will make your habit formation journey so much easier. And 
really help you get those habits solidified a lot faster so that they can help you on your journey to better health, which is what I'm here for. All right, friend, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. If you'd like help implementing what we've talked about today more fully into your life, come check out my self-paced program at healththroughhabits.com. You'll use the science and tools of habit formation to help transform your health and your mindset. In just a few short weeks, you'll be able to add any number of healthy behavior and thought habits into your life so that you can enjoy finding true health for yourself. I hope to work with you soon.